2: Track 4 games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts and local pre and post-game shows. Go to mlb.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bernstein and Holmes, midday 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com
0: in Odyssey Station. Receiving the ball from official Mark Davis. Tied to 113. Allen holding and looking. Puts it in play to Nurkic. Nurkic, a bouncer to the Durant circle left. is no,
1: good. Oh no!
0: With 1.6 seconds. Kevin Durant from Nurkic. Are you kidding me? 115-113 Phoenix. Caruso to the Rosen off balance. shot off for Mark. And the ball game is over as DeRozan with an off-balance jumper behind the three-point line on the right wing. And the Bulls lose 115-113 after leading by as many as 23 points. Yeah, no fun, but it was immensely entertaining. I wanted them to take whatever that first half was and wrap it up and bottle it and sell it. Distill it as some kind of magical basketball elixir, and maybe they could have saved some of it for that fourth quarter when Kevin Durant's like, oh, yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. <laughs> I'm me, and you're not. Here's some of this. Excuse me while I whip this out. And then things went badly for the Bulls.
1: Alas. Well, they, they didn't They didn't go, like, completely downhill. They fought. Yeah, they did. But they just didn't have that. They don't have one of those. They don't have one of those. Cody Westerland
0: is on Twitter at Cody Westerland, editor and bulls writer for 670thescore.com. He's on the circa sports Illinois Score Hotline Twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 the score. Hello,
3: Cody. Guys, I'm with you. That was uh that's the most fun I'd have watching a Bulls game, in, I felt like a long, long time. And I know we always have some recency bias, but that was that was great, man. The Bulls are going to go 40 and 42, 41 and 41 every year if that's what they're doing. Can they do that like 82 times? It was just so good. It was great.
1: It, it was really good. Where do you think it started to turn? What was the thing that beyond, you know, God mode, Kevin Durant? What, what was the thing that turned that game for the Bulls? You know,
3: everyone's going to obviously go straight to the biggest lead of the game. 23 points with about seven and a half minutes left in the third quarter. If you want to go back even farther, I'd go to early in the second quarter. I felt like the Bulls offense bogged down for like a three-minute stretch there and open the second quarter a little bit in the final minute of the first quarter or so. Like you saw DeMar drove into the paint and got stuck with two guys on him. The ball didn't pop for a few minutes. Andre Drummond had a post up. And it felt like that then happened in the third quarter for a much, much longer stretch for a couple of reasons. One being that Alex Crusoe was out of the game with foul trouble and his three-point shooting was amazing last night and that helped open the floor. But I think you started seeing it in the second quarter. Billy Donovan got Kobe White back on the floor early in the second quarter to help out then. He had Kobe White on the, on the floor for most of the third quarter. I should say he got him back early in the second quarter. Had him on the floor most in the third quarter. But, like, the ball stuck, right? I think Casey Johnson had the great stat. The Bulls went almost 13 minutes without an assist as that 23-point lead dwindled down to nothing. So you look at where did it go wrong. I'm not going to blame them too much for the defense. They lost Kevin Durant on some possessions they shouldn't have. He made some tough shots. I would actually go a little bit more to the offense. Like, you knew you are going to have to score a lot to beat the Suns, and I think that's where it went wrong. They weren't efficient enough. Ball didn't move enough in that stretch for the Bulls.
0: They shot 37 threes, which is great. I mean, I I can never get enough. But, again, Nikola Vucevic won for five. And his three-point percentage now, it's half a season. This is not a bad stretch. This is 40 games. And he's at 265, which is, I I can't explain it. He's a
3: career 34% three-point shooter. And he's shooting 26%. And it's not just bad. That's really, really bad, right? When you see someone's mark at 30, 31%, the NBA average is usually around 36% for three-pointers. So 30% is not good. But that's like, oh, you know, get out of that shooting rut. Like Kobe White's had a 30% three-point shooting mark early in season sometimes. Shoots his way out of it. Vooch's is terrible, though. That, that right there is one of the least efficient possessions you could possibly have in the NBA. And you guys should know, Almost all of those are wide open, right? Almost all mm-hmm. wide open because teams leave him out there and the bulls will respond the threat of it, which I don't think the threat is even the correct word to use. Not possibi- the possibility of it helps stretch the defense, but I don't see it that much with him. The one thing I would say is like the, him getting the ball passing near the top of the key or out of the three point line to me is a key component of their offense and sometimes I feel like he feels like he has to shoot it because then they're sagging and taking away the passing lanes. I think they should rein that in a little bit. You know, one, two a game, maybe in the right spots. But like you said, Dan, on a night where you go one for five and every possession matters, that's too many empty possessions. I think they do it a little bit too much.
1: I'm not worried about the the Bulls not making at least the play in. I think that that's uh, seven or eight is probably what makes sense for them, but- I'd love to know what you think. What is a maximized Bulls team look like to you night in and night out? Are they capable of that? Are they capable of playing their best ball more often?
3: I think they're capable of playing more like what we saw in the first half last night. I I think we need to point out that defense is the Suns' weakness, They're an older group, that's part of the reason why the Bulls were zipping around them and the ball was moving so well, but yes, the Bulls can certainly play like that for longer stretches, and if they do that, I'm with you Lawrence, I don't think they're better than a seven or eight seed in best case scenario this year, the way everything's going, I know the Bulls obviously have played better basketball for the last month, month and a half, played better in January played well with Zach Levine out for those 17 games, but they're still just an average basketball team at best. Their offensive, or should should say their net rating, um, is subpar, um, under zero in the negative territory. So there's nothing to suggest here that they're going to make a run to the five or six seed to me. But I like the idea when you're looking at what could matter moving forward big picture, like play like they did last night and empower Kobe White. I mean, he had 26 10 and 9, one of the best games of his career, made so many good decisions. I think playing more like that, continuing to empower Kobe would be great. I think when Kobe gets empowered, Patrick Williams just naturally does a little bit more. I mean, those guys are good friends. They're both young guys. They've played a lot with each other in their NBA careers coming in a year, a year apart from each other in the draft. So I think some of those things can naturally keep happening if they turn to Kobe a little bit more. And you gotta love how he played last night. And I think those are things that matter moving forward, but I don't think it changes their trajectory to anything more than a play-in team.
0: The Miami Heat are getting Terry Rozier from the Charlotte Hornets for what is left of Kyle Lowry and his contract and a protected 2027 first round pick. It's interesting because we're looking at every trade, possibly defining what the Zach Levine market could be. And yet when we actually look at the dynamics of the market, these trades are about money. They're they yep. they're they're about future assets, but it's about the the fear of. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s.
1: <laughs> only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
2: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
0: That new second apron penalty, and it makes the idea of adding a guy at Levine's price for what he's going to bring uh, almost a non-starter.
3: Yep, and to to expand on what you mean there dan the new cba teams are scared of these 40 45 million 50 million dollar contracts for players who aren't top of the line stars because you won't be able to aggregate salary there'll be other restrictions on many of these so it will make those contracts harder to trade so naturally teams love these 20 million million dollar contracts which is the range of what terry rogier's is because those will be easier to move, they won't be such a burden on your organization if that player doesn't produce at a high level. So the Bulls, beyond the concern that many had about Zach Levine signing the max contract when he did, the way it's played out, it's been a little unfortunate for them with the CBA because it only made that type of contract more burdensome. And I don't think anyone could have realistically seen it coming to that degree at the time the Bulls signed Zach Levine to his max contract. So we're going to see a lot of these guys. I mean, these $20 million players I think will be on the move across the NBA. It's looking more and more like Zach Levine probably won't be traded. Doesn't mean he can't both sides are still open to it, but it's just hard to see that deal right now, given the changing economics and trade market of the NBA at this time. I've
1: been trying to figure out if there's a a desperate team out there that thinks that they're closer than they look right now in the standings. One of them is Sacramento, like because of how well they played last year and now they're they're in a play in situation. I'm trying to find anyone that might be interested in Zach Levine. Who's on your list of teams that you at least are paying a little bit of attention to that that could benefit from Zach Levine and might have something in return to give to the Bulls? You
3: nailed one of them right there, the Kings. I mean, they obviously signed Zach Levine to that restricted free agent offer sheet years ago on his previous contract. Um, New management, but same ownership group there. It's a team that wants to get better and needs to make a change at some point. They have, excuse me, they have contracts to move. Kevin Herter, they have Harrison Barnes, guys like that, Davion Mitchell, some draft equity in the future. And I don't think they're under pressure to make a move. I think they'd be a team to watch, the type of team to watch. Maybe the Orlando Magic, a team like that, um, that wants to take the next step, has always had offensive troubles. But I don't know how well Zach Levine fits in with um, Franz Wagner there, with Paolo Bancaro. Those guys kind of made inroads this year, being better players, obviously doing more um, with more opportunity and taking the next step. But the Magic are on the radar because they're a team that's faded a little bit and like They have been one of the worst offenses in the NBA for like 10, 12 years running. Every time what Zach Levine does best is is score the basketball, stretch the floor. They haven't had that. Uh, I'm trying to think others like the Lakers are kind of fading by the wayside. You know what I mean? Um, It doesn't sound like there's any interest from them in Zach Levine at this point. The 76ers, dark horse shooter. I wouldn't change anything up there if I was uh, given how Joel Embiid's playing Tyrese Maxey's immersed into an all-star, but they always want to make a big move under Daryl Morey. At some point, they will, and you have to think Zach Levine's a guy that they'll have on their radar. Probably isn't their number one, two, or three choice, but someone that they'll have on their radar. And it doesn't have to be at this trade deadline on February. 8th They'll have a lot of cap space in the summer too, which will give them flexibility. So we'll have to see things like that. But those are probably the teams I would have on my radar. But like I said, um, it seems a lot more far-fetched now than we thought before. Cody, what
1: do you think of this Tristan Thompson story?
3: I didn't read much of it other than he just got hit with 25-game suspension for a banned substance. Honestly, I didn't read... Further details on the news story. So he, he I, was you using might know more.
1: Human growth hormone. Or okay. A, or I, a growth hormone. I shouldn't say human growth hormone. A gro- growth hormone. Well, I presume hormone. it's human. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't I mean, I don't want to necessarily put it in the HGH category. Well, it's cat- are, it's it's was categorized. It like a horse ho- I don't know. He might have used horse tranks. Um you're Mr. Your Doctor Doctor. Um SARM yeah. LGD four thousand thirty-three. Commonly used by bodybuilders and weightlifters for muscle enhancement. Obviously he went one
3: number too far. 40, 32 would have been acceptable. Ah, that's that's 33.
0: Also in the new collective bargaining agreement.
3: You cannot, that's the threshold you cannot pass. I mean, I guess props to Tristan Thompson for doing everything to keep his career alive. Right. He was in like, he was in TV a year ago on ESPN every single day. It felt like late in the season. He was here with the bulls two years ago. Um, that was, I think, an adventure and an experience to, uh, to have covered him for a few months, obviously, there. But a really outgoing guy, I think he'll be good on TV at some point. I think he was probably trying to prolong his career. I mean, what do you guys think about he's it? He's
1: only 32 years old. Is that it? Yeah, wild. That's yeah, wild. but I, I mean, the game is clearly passed yes. him by, like, it's yes. changed, and he can't really, he doesn't really have enough skill you evolve not a a
3: shooter and not a passer right um but I mean he was the difference maker in many ways on the 2016 Cavs team that won crashing the glass like he did have defensive versatility he was really good in his prime at that they overpaid him basically I think clutch sports got him a big contract they knew how important he was to the Cavs so like that's a guy who's had his day but um, it does feel like a veteran on the way out to me. Seemingly, I mean, it could have been an innocent mistake. We all know that that can happen, uh, but it also could have been a guy who wanted to cut every corner to keep playing in the league. But if you were using
1: a- forty thirty two, I would say yeah. innocent mistake. But 40, Oh, you gotta know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, you know what you're doing there. I'm I'm really offended by forty thirty three. You cannot go
3: into that strain of HGH, obviously.
0: Cody Westerland, thank you for all of the chemical knowledge. Appreciate it. Yeah,
3: you, you guys take care.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.